0: hi everyone welcome back to teenage contemplation this week i'm super excited to be sharing an interview i did with a very special person in my life who i believe is one of the best people to talk about this week's subject with so without further ado let's dive into it i hope you guys enjoy Hi guys, what's up? This week, I wanted to focus on a subject that I think in recent days has gotten more and more important. So I think no matter where you are in life or what you're going through, I think it's a good conversation to have and something to keep in mind, especially now when um, 2020 is kind of up in the air and the end of the year, uh, your plans might be altered or you don't know if you're going back to school or what your job holds. So I think that I brought along the perfect person to talk and who has inspired me. And I think we'll do the same with you guys because I brought along my mother who, whose name is Denise Trumbull, if you don't know. And she, as of two years ago, um, was diagnosed with breast cancer. And you know, this week's subject is perspectives and mentalities and not ideal situations. And honestly, breast cancer is not an ideal situation. No one plans to be in it. So I want to get her perspective on it. And it's a really interesting journey that I would love to share. So hello, mother.
1: Hello, daughter.
0: (laughs) So I guess my first question is, how did you react to your diagnosis? Like, what was your mentality?
1: Hmm. Probably shock. Um, Although at a really deeper level, if I think back, I probably was in denial because at a deep level, I was, you know, panicking on the inside because, you know, you're scared, right? Mm-hmm. But um, when when the real final diagnosis, because you go through so much testing, right? Yeah. Once the final came in, yeah, I was just, and it was so weird. I was sitting in the public's parking lot because I was getting ready to go grocery shopping and I got a call from my doctor and just sat there. And I was kind of numb for a little bit, and I was like, "Okay, what now?"
0: Right. I and you know, for I remember you going through all the testing and doing all of that, and there it was interesting because I found, I obviously I was anxious and nervous for you, but I like deep down, if I reflect back, there was a sense of calm
1: through it all. Well, I liked your reaction very much because when I sat you and your brother down to tell you. Um, you go,
0: but mom,
1: is that all you got?
0: Well, you went to Publix. I thought you were getting ice cream or something.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. I don't mean that. Yeah. I'm messing around. Yeah. When I told you about the cancer, you were like, oh, mom, you got this. Don't worry about it. Now, your brother was just the opposite. Yeah. He's a different. But but everybody's wired differently. And you, because of the way you said it, you made me think. Well, yeah, um, I've got the right team assembled. Uh, I've got all the right support, uh, people in my life. So, um, this has happened for a reason. Um, there's going to be a lot of learnings from it. So I just trusted.
0: And I also felt that, you know, I didn't want to focus on the bad. And I felt like, you know, we were in a journey. We were about to begin a journey that was going to impact all of us. And I felt like, as you would start chemo and do anything, like, you would lean heavily on Raph and I. So I didn't want to put pressure on you to, I guess, you know, me be worried about you. But also, if I also reflect and look back, I realized that I also wasn't that – I didn't make a big reaction because I felt you. – I've always known you as a strong person, and you've always been so persistent – um, and you are the one woman in my, w- one of the women, you know, besides softa that I can look at and go, wow, I actually, no, I have a ton of women in my life that I can look at and go, oh my gosh, they're absolutely, you know, badass women that are warriors and you're in, and you fall under that. So I think that, you know, it, the cancer was a journey that we were about to begin and all grow mm-hmm. from in a way. I agree.
1: Um. And what's so strange is I never anticipated all of the silver linings. Yeah. You know, the the little beautiful things that happened along the way. Um, like, you know, your father and I became friends again. I know. After so many years of not speaking. We have family
0: dinners. <laughs> I'm like, did I go to the outer space? Am I in like yeah. an alternate universe? But yeah, it you know, good things happen from terrible situations. Sometimes, yeah. yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, yours often, I, um, she had gone through breast cancer years before, so she was there to
0: help Support, with yeah. just,
1: uh, you know, those conversations in the middle of the night.
0: Yeah. And even our neighbors, I mean, yeah. our friends, everyone, it, you truly see who is there supporting you.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the top executives at my company literally reached out on my cell phone, which he never did ever. Um, and he said he had found out from my boss and he said, can we just pray together? Right. And that blew me away. Yeah. Um, just how kind and, um, just authentic that was.
0: Right. So I'll, going back to perspective and mentalities. So how did you, obviously you got this big shot, you know, this life growing and not ideal situation and it gets presented to you, how do you stay positive going on, going forward? Um, So
1: I've always been a glass half full versus half, half empty person. So sometimes you run out of things to be grateful for because you're feeling so bad. So sometimes there were days that I just kind of broke it down to really simple things like oh my gosh, thank you. I've got a roof over my head. Right. Thank you. I can pay my bills. And I work for a company that has great health insurance. So, you know, I won't be devastated by the surgery and the chemo. Um, thank you. I've got food in the refrigerator. Thank mm-hmm. you. I've got neighbors who are like extended family, the little who, things. you know, can back us up. Yeah. So all those things, you just um, have to keep those in mind. And, the other things become less strong. Because um, whatever you focus on expands. Yeah. So if you focus on the negative, each day it grows and gets bigger.
0: And that's partially why I felt that I didn't want to ha- make this big scene. And mm-hmm. I wanted to, I, and it felt, and I had this feeling that we're gonna be okay.
1: You know, and I think that's also what got me through it for some reason at the core of my being. I just somehow knew we'd get through this. Right. And so I just held on to that and did everything that the doctors told me to do. But um your health is like a three-legged stool. It's not just mm-hmm. physical, it's mental and it's spiritual. So I started taking better care of creating balance in my life. Yeah. Because I think one of the reasons I got the cancer in the first place is because I was always worried about other people and, um, I was always stressed out. I was always exhausted and it catches up with you eventually.
0: Yeah. And I think that, um, through this quarantine, if I related this unideal situation, obviously quarantines and on, we, we didn't ever think 2020 was going to end up like this, but I think throughout this quarantine, you and I have found silver linings of, you know, before my brother goes to college and we're hanging out together, you know, yes. or, you know, I'm baking for the family yes. and I'm giving all this butt cake to the neighbors. So just the little things
1: like the Friday night cul-de-sac party that we Social have. distancing. Yes. Social distancing. <laughs> yes. We're at least eight feet apart, but everybody takes a lawn chair at the bottom of their driveway and we talk For a couple of hours as neighbors, just uh, because we've got a lot of senior uh, or uh, retired people in our neighborhood, and this is their only
0: chance to be around other people. Right. So it's- And it's kind of a checkup.
1: It's a checkup, and people look forward to it.
0: And I think that as we've been in this quarantine, and we were in the cancer um, journey, I think that- again, you truly see your core foundation of people and support system, and you bring all of them together. And, you know, you check up on one another, which is so special.
1: Well, and one of the things that I wanted to point out, because you were talking about positivity, um, because I do think everything in life is a choice. And sometimes you have to consciously choose the positive. Yeah. Uh, Because one of the things that the breast surgeon said to me is attitude is everything. If the people who survive are the people who've got the best attitude. So I remembered that and said, okay, that's part of one of the self care things I have to do is find ways to replenish myself, do the self care so that I can have a, a more positive attitude.
0: Yeah. And I totally agree with that. Um, So I also want to ask, you know, since coming out of the cancer journey, what areas improved in your life? Like what ways did your life grow or what ways did you grow as a person?
1: Um, I feel things a lot more deeply, I guess. Um, When I was around the people in the chemo center. You know, you just make these connections that you didn't expect. So now, you know, if somebody say a cashier at the supermarket, you know, is rude or somebody, you know, is waiting a table, um, and, and they're not kind, um, I, I kind of try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Because I think, well, obviously it's not me. In in the past, I used to take things very personally. Mm-hmm. Now anymore, I just think, you know, maybe there's something that this person is going through. So I try to put myself in their shoes, right? And give everybody the benefit of the doubt because everybody's entitled to a shitty day.
0: Yeah, and I, I really, I truly believe that because at the end of the at the end of the day, we're all human. Mm-hmm. And we have our ups and downs. And so, you know, it might move you the wrong way, how someone may react. But I think that, again, you have to put yourself in the their shoes and go, okay, I may not understand where this person is coming from, mm-hmm. but I need to give them grace. And I need to say, and be the bigger person. Because I think it says a lot about your character and who you are, if you allow the person and you respectfully treat them back Mm -hmm. if even if they didn't treat you respectfully um so moving like coming back to the whole cancer so through the journey you met all of these cancer um patients and doctors Mm -hmm. um and they gave you like a lot of advice and I think that they're you know they deal with a lot and they have a lot of stress and they see a lot can you tell you know anyone listening to this podcast like what are they like like are you know I had the pleasure of going to a checkup with you and you know they're truly magnificent selfless people um but I want to get your perspective on kind of how the vibe is um if that makes sense
1: in the chemo center yeah yeah um of quiet everybody you know there if it's like a lounge chair everybody gets a lounge chair and you're um hooked up to a machine right that has bags hanging off like a wheeled cart that you Mm -hmm. see on um, tv shows and um i had a port in my chest because with chemo um after a while it starts damaging your veins um, and your arms get all black and blue. so they ins- they surgically inserted a port in my chest. Um, so you know, you would hook up to the machine and um, 90% of the time I brought my work laptop and I would schedule uh, my session on a Wednesday because I could work Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and then my down day was Saturday. And some Saturdays, as you know, I couldn't even get out of bed because I was just so fatigued and just feeling like crap.
0: Right. And, you know, you saying that you would schedule on Wednesday and then you would feel fatigued, it made, I feel, another blessing that came out of that is, again, if we're looking at silver linings, Raph and I, my brother, he, we both became very much more, we became much more independent than we once were, you know. I would be cooking dinner, I would be doing school, I would, you know, go to soccer, but it was this, it was like this very independent, um, there was a sense of independency that I didn't have before, and I felt like, um, almost proud of myself that I could handle that, because Mm -hmm. I would, I confidently could say that, you know, Raph or you could rely on me, and I could, you know, do this, and I'd be like, you guys relax, you know, and Mm -hmm. I got it. So it was a blessing that I got that experience because, you know, five years from now, like I'll be out of the house, even less than that. So, so yeah.
1: And and I was just going to say, I agree with you. I think your brother and you both took turns contributing. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, it brought us closer as a family. It did. Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, seeing our, again, our support system, and my friends or Ross friends or your own friends, you know, bringing food or yeah. doing that or helping us. Well, that
1: was a big learning for me during the experiences. I was always fiercely independent,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which isn't always a good trait <laughs> because you always tend to overdo. Um, and this forced me to learn how to let others help. And most people feel very helpless when they see that you're going through cancer or whatever, and they want to help, but they don't know what to do. So communication is key. Right. Um, like uh, my neighbor, Julie, she went through breast cancer 20 years ago. Um, and she went through um, tougher treatment just because back then they didn't have the same treatment that we have now. And she would you know, go buy some um, Super Jenny soup and leave it on my porch with a note, you know, to say thinking yeah. of you, and that things like that meant the world, right? right. So, you know people are thinking of you, but they don't want to barge in,
0: <laughs> right? And I think that that's one thing that I noticed too, that you know, you have to have those courageous conversations in situations that may and this is in anything in life you have to have those courageous conversations if you want to grow as a person or if you want to understand where other people are coming from and helping others because I think that truly at the end of the day I think there are a lot of people that you know are too scared or don't know how to approach that touchy subject so I'm glad you brought that up because that actually is going to be one of my questions look at mother mother daughter connection brainwaves um, so, so yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because, you know, at the end of the day, it taught me to, you know, look around me and see how blessed I am for who is in my life mm-hmm. and even the little things, a uh, deep conversation or, a, Hey, how are you? You know, it means a lot to people who again, aren't, are going through some tough times.
1: mm mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, if you do know somebody who's going through cancer, um, just be transparent. Um, You know, if ask them how they're feeling. Um, Ask them, you know, do you want company? Because, you know, there were days I just wanted somebody to watch TV with me. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to be alone, but I didn't necessarily want to have a conversation. Right. I just wanted... Somebody's presence with yeah. me,
0: you know? We did a lot of binge watching down Nabby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. Which was yeah. Good.
1: And then, you know, you go through these, um, it sounds tragic, but like I thought the world was going to end when I lost my hair. And actually, when I went through it, it wasn't that bad.
0: Um, I thought you had a really cool head. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, I was like, yeah. Um, well, I did have a
1: rock and wig. Got to say that. Dude, um, you were rocking that thing. Yeah, I was like, ooh, that to work. And I'll never forget one day I got um, chili for lunch. So I closed the door of my office and I took my wig off cuz I was afraid of it <laughs> getting chili yeah, on it, right? right? Cuz it was long hair and I didn't want it to, you know, uh, get in the get, food. Get in the food. Right? Yeah. So, my boss just quickly like Knocked on the door and then just walked in before I could like. And I looked up and she looked at me and she was like, "Who?" And I was like, waiting for her to say something. And she goes, "Wow, you have a really nice head." Yeah, I too. It's
0: awesome. And I never expected that reaction. And all I could think of was, "Oh my gosh, I have to get my hair back on." I hope I inherited the good sized head, but I don't want to find out. You know, yeah, I was gonna say you don't want to find. I don't want out. to find out, but I just you know I hope under all that hair
1: but I guess um I was so wrapped up in my appearance when I was in your age and Mm -hmm. you know in college and as after going through this I just find um it's almost deliberating not having to be so focused on in my weight and my how my hair is and you know you know how big my breasts are right (laughs) and are they drooping right right
0: and it's kind of like one of those things where I've noticed I think you're more confident and it makes me it inspires me because I've always seen beauty in this you know you don't want to be it gets boring being vogue and it's that superficial it's you know it there's I feel like there's so much more to beauty than the physical
1: I agree. And, um, I think confidence is right. a real turn-on. Um, the most beautiful women aren't the ones that necessarily wear makeup or wear the high heels or the latest fashions. They're the confident, joyful people, Yeah, you know, the people who laugh a lot and find humor and everything. And, um,
0: the quick smile just, across the room, yeah, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And just in, enjoy life, you know, because it's contagious. Um, that's what's attractive. Yeah. And those are the people at the core who love themselves. Um, and that was a, another big learning for me is, you know, you are no good to anybody else mm-hmm. unless you start with yourself. Right. Right. Um, so finding all the things that you love about yourself and remembering those things and using that as a foundation to build on.
0: Right. And even if it's just tiny things, you just, you you have to be like, or you can you can start with this. Like you look at your hand and go, dang, I have a cool hand. You know, thank, <laughs> thank God I have a hand, yeah. you know? You just start with the little stuff
1: Absolutely.
0: or like, I got some cool eyes. They're not too big, they're just right, you yeah. know? Or, you know, whatever. Exactly. And then you just build from there. You take baby steps.
1: Absolutely.
0: What does RuPaul say? You can't love yourself. How the hell will, will you ever? How the hell how you are you going to love somebody, somebody else? else? Can I, I get, get an, an amen? Amen. I can't believe I butchered that line. <laughs> I, I can say it in my sleep. I don't know. So I guess, is there anything you want to add about perspectives or mentality when going through unideal situations? Because obviously COVID um, and quarantine's kind of been I think a hard um concept and I don't know I think it's been hard on some people well
1: um something else I would say is a uh, trust is um trust that everything's going to be okay I think it was Albert Einstein who said um that this is this is a friendly universe right and just trusting that it is a friendly universe and that most everybody you meet has good intentions mm-hmm. It may not come out that way all the time, but at our core, we're just, we're all connected. And I think at our core, all we all want is to be loved yep. and accepted because we're pack animals, right? So we'll, we'll want to all belong. Um, and when we don't, um, that's when life kind of kind of goes off the rails. Mm-hmm. So, I just think remembering that
0: and i think through this quarantine you know uh, we saw that we've you know gotten together like people have started facetiming calling texting and asking again those courageous having those courageous conversations of are you okay is there anything Mm -hmm. i can do to help you know meditate work out you know Improve your health, of eating healthier, doing something. Yes, like that.
1: I love the circuit you made in on our patio. Thank in you the
0: backyard. I know I was like, yeah. So uh, I was like, we're getting summer bodies for
1: 2021.
0: <laughs> trampolines got to be one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, cardio. So yeah, I mean, I I I just think it's perspective and mentality and how you see these situations. Always find the silver lining. Because at the end of the day, that's what's going to keep your hopes up. That's what's going to bring everyone out of this. If you look for the positive.
1: Yeah. And I think we're finding new ways to do things. Um, So at my company, you know, I never thought I would work five days a week Mm -hmm. out of the house in a million years, but, you know, we've reworked our processes and reworked the way we interact and, you know, Microsoft Teams is our new normal. Shout out Zoom. And we've been very... Been a lifesaver. We've been very creative with how to stay connected with one another. Yeah. And I don't mean connected necessarily with the internet. I mean connected at a, uh, you know, a, a
0: friend level. Right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, and that's a silver lining. So... I have a mission for all the listeners for this week. Um, I want you guys to reflect on your own perspectives and mentality. So what's one you can change maybe about yourself, someone else or a situation that you might be in anything really. So have something for the next time you hear from me or, and an extra challenge might be you find more than one perspective, you know, educate yourself on something, read a book. I don't know. Just, you know, be positive and look at a silver lining. Um, do you have anything to add Madre?
1: Um, you know, everybody has to, I think, pursue their own passions. Mm -hmm. So just think is what's the one thing that I can get passionate about? Yeah. You know, like you're passionate about the guitar, you know, and that brings you joy. So what's that one thing that brings
0: you joy? Look, my mother just gave you another mission, too. so <laughs> go do it. Go do it. Mothers always know best. Thank you so much for talking with me and being on my podcast. You are so
1: welcome. It was an honor.
0: It was. You're my first person. You're my first interview. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I'm well, right. I thought I had to kick it off strong. Well, so.
1: I'm proud of you.
0: I'll talk to you later. So, thank you for listening to Teenage Contemplation. I hope you guys loved hearing from my mother and hearing about perspectives. I'm on most of the mainstream um, podcast sites, Spotify, Apple, um, Apple Podcasts. So, yeah, um, like, share, ask me questions. Um, I want to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for joining me and listening. Um, to my podcast see you guys next week thank you bye